Welcome to the Heart and Home Podcast. We're your hosts, Shannon and Ashley, and we're here to connect with you on all things related to parenting and marriage and everything in between. We want to try and shed some light on how all the normal pieces of our lives can be impacted by mental health and just try and provide some solidarity and community. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. Last week, we talked about stress management, which really made us realize how important it is to take care of ourselves and our bodies. So today, Ashley and I are going to talk to you guys about healthy habits and self-care. I um I'm excited about this one. I so I was gone last week because I just started uh, my next semester for my master's program. So I am swamped. And so self-care um sometimes goes by the way side mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're so busy and um but I'm I feel like I'm pretty good at paying attention to well, maybe I'm better at self-love than self-care. I think those are two different concepts. They are. <laughs> I think it can be easy to get consumed with, like you're saying, all the things you have going on that you do. You lose track of making sure you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I also have um, a two-year-old that does not sleep still <laughs> through yeah. the night. But I started keeping his door open at night like a week ago. And his room stays a lot warmer and he sleeps better. Interesting. So now I think, oh man, I've just been freezing him at night. No. <laughs> like could the just worst be... mom. He was just cold. It could and be I, random. You know, giving him melatonin now from sleep, and really, he just was freezing. Oh, it's so hard when they're little, though. I think they go through phases. My my kids went through different like sleeping patterns. You know. Uh huh. Yep. Which is actually the first thing I wanted to talk about with self care because sleep is such an important part of taking care of ourselves. And I was doing a little reading on the CDC to see what would the average adult, what should we get for sleep per night? And they say that a minimum of seven hours or more for an adult. I think for me, that's laughable. Um, (laughs) I mean, I spent, I worked on night shift as a nurse for eight years. And um, you know, I would get like five hours of sleep during the day. And for some reason on night shift, that was like sufficient for me. But if I slept five hours at night, I'd just be dragging. I'd be dragging the rest of the day. There's no way I get seven hours of sleep at night. Yeah. I think it fluctuates for me. I think there's definitely some days where I come home and I'm exhausted and I just like my head hits the pillow and I'm out. But there's other days where I'm, I can't sleep and melatonin is kind of also something that sits next to the bed. If if I need it. And, but it's definitely, uh, so important. And yet I know I could use some work on that. I think a bad habit of mine when it comes to sleep. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm a person that I can fall asleep wherever, whenever I don't suffer from insomnia, my friend does so bad and she talks mm-hmm. to me about it. And I'm like, that sounds awful. Just sitting in bed stewing. Um, but I am notorious for, getting really tired and deciding I need to go to bed and then getting in bed and scrolling on my phone. And um, sometimes I can scroll my phone for an hour. And then by the time I turn my phone off, I've lost an hour of sleep because I'm looking at, you know, like somebody I met one time 15 years ago, (laughs) looking at who they dated in high school. And then by the time you (laughs) get all the way down that rabbit hole, you're like, why did I do this? I don't care. Right. You know, I know. 
it's funny. I actually am impressed with people because I'll ask people like, do you, do you keep your phone by your bed or do you, I know people that plug it in elsewhere, mm-hmm. like either in a totally separate location. They just, they, because of that reason, or also then they have to get up and actually go like in the morning, they don't just fall back to sleep, you know, cause they have to get up and go get it. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm also bad at that. And, but I think it also sometimes helps me sleep because just like a form of reading, you know, how sometimes people will read before bed, I will read like an article or something and then it does, it makes me tired. So I'm the same. I'm not reading articles. That's my, that's my problem. <laughs> I, I don't know. My phone's also my alarm. So I feel like I have to keep it. Although I will say when I was growing up, I had an alarm clock and we lived on a dairy farm. So I'd wake up pretty early to milk and I always put my alarm clock in the corner of my room. So I had to physically get out of bed to turn it off Mm. um, because otherwise I'd probably just keep snoozing it until one of my parents forced me out of bed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think a few other things that interrupt my sleep for sure would be like if I'm higher stress levels, of Mm -hmm. course, Um, both of our husbands plow snow. So I, this actually happened last night. Our, his alarm went off at like four in the morning and I'm like, why am I waking up at four o'clock to an alarm? And he's like, oh yeah, it was supposed to snow. It didn't snow, but I'm like, okay, so now I'm awake and like, I'm not going to probably go back to sleep. So those seven hours definitely for me get um, interrupted for lots of reasons. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Daniel um, will plow, my husband will plow and he I don't know. He will stay out for like three days and just like nap in his truck. And I mean, I can tell for days after that, when he comes home, that he is just dragging, you know, and he's, he's, he's a funny guy and he's just, he's not funny. (laughs) And he, you know, he's just, his attitude is different. Right. So it just, I think goes to show how much sleep like just supports our normal happenings. It really does. Yeah. The other thing that's really important as far as self-care is hydration, like staying hydrated. And I know like I've read, read about how much water you're supposed to drink in a day. And um, the Mayo Clinic actually says the adequate amount of just daily fluid in general is 11.5 cups for women and 15.5 cups for men a day. Of course, I'm wondering, like, does coffee apply to that? Does wine? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Um, But the benefits of water specifically, you know, it helps get rid of wastes and regulates our temperature, lubricates apparently our, and cushions our joints, which I didn't know that, but Mm -hmm. something to think about, protects our sensitive tissues, a lot of like internal things that we don't even consider. Hydration is huge. And I will say um, I'm a terrible hydrator. And I should be better um, because I have an autoimmune disease. You know, I have rheumatoid arthritis. And so I should be taking care of my joints better. And I don't. Um, And that's just part of being a busy, like I don't sit down and I don't think about, you know, I'm a nurse. So sometimes yesterday I worked a 12 hour shift and I don't think I took a drink of water. So It's it's so easy to do. And I will say that also, I'm not a great, like, just straight water drinker. Same. I don't carry a water bottle around with me that I keep refilling. I drink a coffee and then yeah. I drink a bubbler or some sort of seltzer water. And, you know, those those are ways to get hydration in you. Like, some of them are good options, but there is nothing like just plain old water. And 
that ain't me. I, I'm sitting here looking at our beverages of choice right yeah. now. And, well, we don't have water bottles sitting in front of us. I can tell you that. We have coffee. <laughs> but And also, I've tried different water bottles just because I'm like, maybe if I use this water bottle, yep. this one's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Or I like the straw on this one. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, being conscientious about it and like actually doing it. It's a habit, healthy habit. You have to build it. I have seen those water bottles that have... Um, you know, like the marks on mm-hmm. them that says like 9 a.m., 11 a.m. <laughs> and I keep thinking, I, I'm a list maker. I like things like that. So I'm like, maybe I would, maybe that would be good for me. No, I have one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I mean, you can try it, but mine is sitting in a box, I think in the back room. Like it's, I don't, I think I tried it too. Same thing, yeah. but I'm like, you know, if you're, you really just have to make it a habit, mm-hmm. you know, um, exercise. Exercise is another healthy habit that I, another bad one for me. I'm like starting to realize how many healthy habits I don't have. I mean, have you live in a shed. Through. I mean, we do. We live in our barn while we're building the house. So we don't have a ton of space and it's so cold outside. I'm one of those people. I'm a fair weather exerciser. I'm just going to be honest. I like mm-hmm. to go on walks and I will run if it's a nice day. Mm-hmm. And, but in, in the winter, I mean, I kind of sort of hibernate. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I always say that my favorite outdoor winter activity is coming back inside. I do not know why we live here, but my, (laughs) you know, we built a house. So now I guess we're staying, but I, um, I am a total advocate for just that exercise is even like 15 minutes of exercise. Like you don't have to go to the gym and spend two hours there. The, the things that 15 minutes of like moving your body can do for your mental health for the day is huge. And I don't think I realized that until really until the pandemic hit and I was like stuck inside and not getting out and moving around and kind of became this hermit and then realized that I just like, I wasn't doing anything to move my body anymore. And so, um, I just got a Peloton. I love it. Um, but before that I was watching, um, like doing YouTube workouts and I'm busy. I don't, I don't have time, you know, to go to the gym and make this big, this big adventure out of it. And so I started utilizing those YouTube videos or, um, I have a friend that does an online, um, like Pio class. And Mm -hmm. that really like, I love, that's like speed yoga. Have you ever done Pio? Mm -hmm. No, it's yoga, but it's yoga and Pilates mixed together. So it's like speed it's fast yoga (laughs) and I find yoga itself kind of boring. Um, like it's just too slow for me, but my joints are, my joints suck. And so it's hard for me to do high impact stuff. I used to be a runner. I was a huge runner and I just, I can't cause it's too high impact. And so Papayo was fun cause it's just like fast yoga moves. So yeah, that was good. That, That got me back into it. I think for me, if it's something I don't actually know is exercise, I enjoy it. Like if it's something mm-hmm. that I'm doing an activity, so Zumba or like some sort of dance class. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds maybe for like older people. I don't know, but I enjoy it. I like to, well, dancing has always been a part of my, my life. I was a pom-pom girl in high school and I <laughs> coached poms like after that. And so I really do like enjoy that. And I think it's a great way to exercise, but is pom-pom dance? What is pom-pom? pom-pom is... Or is that cheerleading? <laughs> oh, boy. What this is a whole other podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so pom-poms is dancing, oh. and you don't really talk at all. And then cheerleading <laughs> okay. is the, you know, you run Oh, okay, out, okay, like, okay. 
go. I'm like, you don't talk. <laughs> no. I mean, you talk, but you yeah. don't. Not okay. to the crowd. Okay, I see. Okay, it's so, not like cheers. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, I did that for my literally my whole life. I coached dance team, and I did that in, you know, even all the way up until about a, right before COVID, actually. Mm-hmm. And so it was good because, you know, I was also up in front of the girls and like doing some of the stuff with them. So it was good exercise. So now I need to find something that can still keep me moving. Mm -hmm. You would think with all of the horse stuff we have here and like the property, just walking the property would be enough exercise. That's outside. (laughs) It's cold. (laughs) Summertime. Summertime. Now we are getting a pool. So I'm hoping that maybe I could incorporate some swimming into my life. Aquatics. We could do like some sort of laps together here. No, I can't Morning. really swim. I'm not a good swimmer. All right, well, we'll come up with something. Yeah, if you put aerobics. me in the middle of the pool, the only side I'll get to is the bottom. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well. I'm I'm not a good swimmer. But um, I feel that because my, you know, my two-year-old, he's getting stir crazy too with the winter and the pandemic. And so I feel like, oh, Okay. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to get outside. We're going to go for a walk. I'll pull him in the sled. And even him, we, we go out for a couple minutes. He's like, I want to go back inside. No. Oh, buddy, me too. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, yeah. If you, I mean, so if you have little kids and you can handle the, the winter, I mean, there's a lot of great activities, you know, ice skating. If it's not super cold, I do enjoy that. Or taking the kids sledding, obviously going up and down the hill is great exercise. There's definitely lots of opportunities. It's just a matter of do you want to be out in the cold? <laughs> yeah. My sister was telling me that she read this book. I can't remember what country. I think it was Sweden, maybe. Um, anyways, it was just about this like type of parenting where it does not matter what the weather is. You go outside. And just like the health benefits of that and um, the mental health benefits of that and how that gets applied to just like what you deal with in your everyday life to just like roll with it and accept it. And, um, oh man, I'm like, I just don't know (laughs) if it is raining, freezing rain. I don't, who has fun being outside in that? Right. (laughs) There's definitely some exceptions, but I do think there is a benefit to fresh air and uh, yeah, that's something we should add to our list. I'm like making a mental list right now of all the things we're going to try to make. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I love it. nature. And yeah. so I love to go on walks and I love to trail run. I can't run on the road anymore because of my joints, but I love to go and run on the trails and just hear, you know, the birds or, you know, smell. I love it when the snow starts smelting, <laughs> smelting, smelting, <laughs> and you can smell, you know, the sure. mud. And I do love that. You know, I, I'm so excited for, although I saw, um, what's that rodent's name? Puxatawney Phil. You yeah. saw, I saw a shadow. So six more weeks six of winter. More weeks. Yeah. Lock that thing up. Um, saving money, saving money. I think, you know, anytime we can try to get a handle on our finances, it is a, a form of self-care for sure and a healthy habit because obviously it, it makes us feel good when we know we have financial stability. This is a hard one for me too because we are building a house. So as you can imagine, everything is expensive. And so I feel like all I'm doing right now is is buying things. Yes. And But I did actually learn of a little online trick, online shopping trick that I haven't actually tried it because I just heard of this, but where you put your items in a shopping cart and then you kind of let it sit there. You don't actually check out. And apparently because of course there's all the algorithms and they can tell 
what's in your cart, they will come, the people like wherever you're shopping will actually send you like an email and be like, Hey, you forgot that this was in the cart. And they actually send you coupons. Mm. So supposedly it will actually help you save money if you just like let it sit in the cart, don't buy it right away. Yeah. But maybe that's also a sign if it's sat in your cart for long enough for them to offer you a coupon, do you need it? Right. I don't know. I mean, the the world of online shopping and, you know, Amazon Prime and delivery and stuff has blown up. And I have, I try so hard to stay off Amazon. I mean, we just built our house too. We've been in for almost a year now in February. And I remember just feeling like we were hemorrhaging money, Yeah, you know, because you have a budget <laughs> and you try your hardest to stick to it. And sometimes you, you know, you save here so that you can splurge here. But in general, I mean, our house definitely ended up costing more than what we had originally planned for. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that there is also value in spending your money in ways that make you happy because why what's it worth you know to work and put the hours in if you if you can't spend it in ways that help you enjoy your life but at the same time like trying to balance that with being fiscally responsible and um i do think i'm not i don't buy things for myself like remember when we left, yep. went to the loft the one day and I won the hundred dollar gift card. And then all of a sudden I felt like I could buy something because yeah. I don't, it gives me anxiety. That's one of the things that causes me a lot of anxiety is again, I said, I'm good at self-love. I'm not good at self-care. And, um, I don't like a, two years ago, maybe probably two years ago, my friend Callie convinced me to go to Sundara. She like, she goes every year and she's like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. I'm like, no way am I spending that amount of money to sit in a pool, you know? And I was so glad we went. It was so nice. It was so relaxing. But I still, for months after that, felt guilty for Mm -hmm. going. And so I think some of that I have to let go of and balance it with like, no, you deserve to go and you don't nickel and dime on yourself, you know? So, I mean, think about all the things you do for other people for your kids, you know, and you know, you work hard. I feel like we also work really hard. So we should be allowed to pamper ourselves once in a while. And there's nothing wrong with that. Annual physicals and routine dental visits. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you take the the dental visit because you're the dental girl. (laughs) Right. So I can speak to that uh, as a dental hygienist. I can tell you it's definitely going to be more cost effective if you are doing your routine dental visits and you're going in, you know, every six months. And so the 12 year lapse in dental care that I had was probably. Well, I mean, for some people, they can be the lucky one, you know, they can be. That I wasn't. Okay. Because I mean, I will say I have definitely had patients in my chair where I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's been that long and your teeth actually look great. But that's, didn't that's also that. a huge gamble. Right. <laughs> and um, it's so true. Like you, if you want to, keep your teeth. You want to go to the dentist because you just, it's so important, you know? And so, like I said, it gets to be very expensive if you, if you don't go. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge advocate for preventative medicine and, um, having a primary care provider is huge. And, um, you know, I think for our kids, we have primary care providers. They have these scheduled, you know, well child visits is what they're called in our clinic where you, you take them in for, 
you know, at certain checkpoints, you know, three months, six months, five years, whatever it is. And then when you get to adulthood, you lose that, um, the clinic guiding you through that. And it's still, it's so important because we're more likely to have health concerns and Mm -hmm. comorbidities than a child is. Right. And so it's so important that you go and you maintain a relationship with your provider. And like, I'm, I'm a culprit of this. I'm, you know, I'm a nurse and it until recently, I didn't have a primary care provider. My primary care provider listed was my OBGYN. Who's my friend. So like, does that count? No, I don't think it did. (laughs) So then I finally established one and then she left for a different practice. And I'm like, Oh, come on. (laughs) Finally try and be responsible. But it's so important because, yes, they catch things, um, but what's most important about a primary care provider is not catching things that are wrong. It's helping you to make a plan to prevent things from going wrong because you don't have to go. People think doctors are just people that you see when you're sick, um, but it's actually really important to see a doctor when you're well. Same thing with, you know, mental health with therapy. We say like rock bottom is not usually the time to see a therapist. Right. You can see a therapist anytime. It's always a good idea. And that's the same thing with preventative care is they help make plans with you to prevent you from becoming sick, you know? Yeah. I guess what's your, your take on, because I think a lot of people are going to wonder this from a COVID perspective, you know, it's it's changed a lot of people's feelings about going into the doctor, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go there because I feel like that's where all the sick people are. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of do question that too when I'm there. Um, and I know that's a big question in, in dentistry too. Like, you know, people are in their, their mouths are open and like, there's a lot of aerosols in the air. And so there's just a lot of anxiety surrounding the whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. I can tell you on the dental side of things, for sure, it's, it's, kind of like 9-11, like after 9-11, all of a sudden when you would fly at the airport, they took all these extra precautions. Dentistry's always had, you know, the proper type of, you know, making sure you have the proper PPE, the protective, you know, gear for patients and for the staff. But I think in addition to that, now we have like, you know, air purifiers and they're just taking all these like extra steps that, you know, maybe before weren't there. So Mm -hmm. from a health side, like, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I I think that is also true in the healthcare side. And, um, you know, the pandemic, when it started, I think we had this uh, maybe unrealistic expectation that if we if we did X, Y and Z, that this was going to go away. And I think two years in maybe we're starting to come to terms with like, this might be something that we're dealing with for a long time. And we were, hopefully we'll get like a good handle on it. Right. But is it ever going to go away? I'm not so sure that that's really in the cards for us anymore. Um, And so I think we have to start incorporating back into doing like seeing your doctor and not avoiding the doctor because of the pandemic. You know, the, the vaccination rates are higher now. Um, also there's, there's a lot of things that that have happened since the pandemic, um, that have streamlined access to doctors like telemed has blown up, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, there's a lot of things that you can see a doctor for while you're sitting on your couch, you know, and, and just scheduling a telemed visit and not, and that actually is something that I've learned to love having a toddler because he's not fun to take to my doctor's appointments. And so if I can do it from my phone, if it's something I can just have a discussion with my rheumatologist about over the phone, 
Um, you know, so I, I think that utilizing those strategies or my charting and sending messages back and forth, you know, we've, we've had an episode on technology and technology in medicine is really cool. For sure. Yeah. Even in uh, mental health, I've noticed that they're doing a yeah. lot of the telehealth um, stuff. And I think it's great that they're still trying to reach people that either aren't comfortable leaving their house um, and or just, you know, just to kind of reach more people. More For sure. Population. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think one more thing I thought we would talk about in terms of healthy habits, and I'm sure there's so many other healthy habits too, but eating, clean eating, uh -huh. healthy eating. Um, another one that I think for me ebbs and flows. Like there's definitely no doubt that there's just times where, you know, especially around the holidays or, you know, special occasions, vacations, if those happen again, although I do have one coming up here mm. um, and we're going to Disney. And so I'm sure I'll be indulging in some, some things, but uh, just from my perspective as a food blogger, and I try to be on the healthy side of things, um, I think as long as you're just always paying attention to the good and the and the maybe the not so good, obviously we're all going to want that piece of cake once in a while. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's kind of why I actually named my first book A Healthy Balance. I think if you're mm -hmm. balancing out your choices, mm -hmm. that's good. I am just like my water intake, nutrition in general, not my strong point. I, I struggle <laughs> with, with that. And partly it's just, I make excuses about it that I'm too busy and I have little kids and it's, it's really hard to cook a healthy meal when you know your kids okay. aren't going to eat it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'll slave over something and then they like complain and want chicken nuggets. And that's not fun. You right. know, I'm also not a good snacker because we have all these little kids snacks in my house. And sometimes those are my go to. So I need I like your blog <laughs> because I, I like to get recipe ideas. I'm also not a planner when it comes to food. So that's really hard for me is yeah. making sure that I plan out the meals and plan out the grocery trip and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then me feeling like I don't have time to do that. Full transparency, same thing. I go through the same struggles. Like my, our daughter, the nine-year-old, she is not going to eat all the meals I make. She's just, you know, she's definitely, there's definitely times where I'll make us something and then I'm making a side plate for her. Yep. Now it depends on what it is, right? Like if it's a casserole of some sort, I feel like kids are just weird about everything touching each other. So I'll try <laughs> to, you know, keep it all separated just for her. I've yep. made separate little pans for things. I've actually thought about blogging like separately. What what you can do for a kid's version of this because- Oh, you should. I know. Well, maybe you should Therapy. do that. No. <laughs> There's a market for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's definitely an opportunity as well to try to keep healthy options in the house for kids. You know, I try to keep like lunch meat, you know, and cheese, dairy, and fruit, lots of fruit, lots of vegetables, and just kind of giving them options. But yeah, by, by all means, you're always going to have those chicken nugget nights or, you know. Yeah, we have a lot of those. Cheese. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like kids fluctuate so much for what they like, right? Like I buy a bushel of bananas for my, is that what banana, bushel, right? I think so. A bunch. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm like, does that like, sound right? <laughs> I bought a bunch of bananas and my kids eat all of them. And so then I go to the store and I buy a 
bunch of bananas, bushel of bananas, and they're like, we don't like bananas. Yeah, they do. They change their mind. Like, like I'm sorry. I confused you for the kids that ate four bananas yesterday. <laughs> this happens all the time for us. Yeah. And then stuff goes bad, you know, yeah. and you're trying to use it. And um, my husband recently signed up for this meal uh what are those called the yeah. home kits delivery and then he decided not to do it because he was like oh it's kind of expensive let's just not do it well then for some reason they still sent them to us and i have to say i loved it sure i loved coming home and feeling like okay i have just half an hour to figure out what's for dinner and i have an option a healthy option to make where all the ingredients are here and, you know, if you really think about, like, comparing that to how much it costs you to, you know, sometimes I'll go to the grocery store to buy things to make for one meal, you know, like, oh, I'm going to make this for dinner. And you go to the grocery store and then you're like, how did I spend $40, $40 on one meal? I could have went to a restaurant and somebody could have made that for me for $40. Right. No, I know. Um, so if you compare it, it's actually fairly comparable. And so I think we're going to look into that because I feel like that would help also my mental health with just taking part of the stress of preparing something yeah. healthy because we right now we eat a lot of chicken nuggets we eat a lot of mac and cheese my daughter is obsessed with ramen noodles and i think partly it's because she now can make them by herself and so it makes her feel independent sure. and grown up so she loves ramen noodles frozen pizzas yeah i mean there's definitely a time and a place for all those things and you have a lot going on too um work wise and so i mean i think it's you know you can't beat yourself up over those we do we do the same thing and you know just making sure that you're conscientious about it and is it conscientious or conscious we're really struggling i'm gonna today cut this out <laughs> bushel bunch Bu <laughs> anyway Keep healthy options always at home. If you know if a service like that works for you, yeah, I've tried some of those. I don't know if it was like Blue Apron or um, I can't remember, but I know it I was really nice. Green, the one we did was Green Chef or Green something. I There's don't know. A, lot, a lot of options, so it's definitely something to look into. Mm -hmm. Any other healthy habits you can think of that we haven't covered? I mean, I could probably think of a million. Well, no, I can't, but <clears throat> I will say that. Um, just finding something that you enjoy and making sure that you incorporate that into your routine somehow, not even so much your daily routine, but just like art for me was, is something I've always loved and something I stopped doing for a long time. And, um, when I started doing it again, it just felt like so good to have an outlet, like something I could go to and doesn't have to be something crafty like that right. you know it could be it could be a walk or you like to read books or you know it doesn't maybe you like to have a glass of wine that's cathartic for you yeah. <laughs> right. but um i think just like finding an activity that brings you joy yeah, yeah. exactly because it just it it just recenters me i think sometimes and helps me focus on because you know, everybody know I have anxiety. I do. And I struggle with it a lot. And I think art is kind of the one space for me where I stop thinking about whatever is causing me anxiety and like refocuses my mind somewhere else. Yep. So that's, that's what I have to add. <laughs> well, I would say like a lot of these other healthy habits we talked about today, either we're both not doing and we need <laughs> to do better. Um, or, you know, it's like, 
none of them are really, I guess, in my opinion, super fun. And I can't remember what it is. Is it like 60 days or 90 days? We should have looked this up ahead of time. Like, how long does it take to develop a habit? I, I thought it was 30. Okay. I well, 30. <laughs> I, we don't know. I think it's 30 um, repetitions of something. So I don't think it necessarily is like an X amount of days. I think it's an X amount of like times in a row. I could be making that up, but yeah, I mean, I do think that once you form a habit, like I will say exercise, for example, the best time for me to exercise is in the morning before my kids get up. Do I want to get up in the morning? No, I'm tired and I'm out of that habit now where my alarm goes off and I'm like, I'm too tired to do it. But for a while I got into this habit and our neighbor, you know, she gets up every morning and exercises and I'm like, I got to do that again. When it started being a habit, for me, it was easy to do and I wanted to do it. And I actually do enjoy exercising when I'm doing it. But sometimes it's hard to convince myself that I'll enjoy it more than sitting on the couch when I'm on the couch because right. it's comfortable. So yes, forming a habit to do those healthy habits yeah. is a habit in itself. You exactly. Know? And it's all part of self-care and you know, experiencing what my mom's been going through the last few weeks just makes me realize like how important our bodies are and mm -hmm. to be paying attention to those things. And if, if any of the habits we talked about today are areas that you could, you know, do better on, um, join us in our healthy habit journey because we're <laughs> going to definitely be working on our own. I agree. We're, it's a work in progress. you so much for joining us today. We'd love it if you'd follow us on our podcast so you can be a part of our episode each Monday and go ahead and find us on Instagram as well. We will be back next week with a new show and we hope that you'll join us. Have a great week.